Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that as you listen, you will be encouraged in your journey and that your relationship with Father God will be strengthened and deepened. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. Good morning, church. I think we're good. We're safe. Yeah. We uh, also, those watching online, blessings on you. And um, especially for those in Morden, for those that do not know, uh, we have a daughter church in Morden, and they, uh, they will be watching the service too. So blessings on you. May you have a great service. And uh, we love you guys. All right, I would ask you to stand. We're going to take this time just to place ourselves before the Lord. Yes, Father, we thank you for this day, for the privilege we have to come in your presence. And, and I pray a blessing for those watching online and for the church in Morden, our daughter church, that you would just be in the service, that you would speak to every heart. And for all of us, Lord, we want to hear what you have to say. We know that you have a word in season. We know that you have um, uh, words that you want to download into us, so we just say yes to what you have to say, and may you bless each person here, may you inspire, may you reveal, may you uh, bring back visions and dreams that you've set uh, in hearts uh, from the past, and that I pray for these dreams and these visions to be rebirthed, and so what we pray is for you to communicate your truth that we need desperately to hear, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We've been in a series of Nehemiah, brick by brick, and uh, rebuilding what matters. And for those that are are here for the first time, welcome, blessings on you. And um, we've been talking about rebuilding, and and one of the main topic, or the main topic of the book of Nehemiah, is that Nehemiah had a call to rebuild the walls around Jerusalem. Before him, Ezra came. And he had the calling of rebuilding the temple. Now um, the need was to fortify the city and bring protection around the city uh, in regard of the enemies that were surrounding Jerusalem or nations that were around Jerusalem. So, so what we're going to talk about this morning is dealing with a position. How do I deal with a position? Uh, one of the foundation message that you find in this book is, is calling. We need to realize that Nehemiah received the calling to go uh, and build the wall. Even though he was not living in Jerusalem, he was uh, many k's away from Jerusalem, and he received the calling to go to Jerusalem. And, and one of the things that we can bring home, or that we can take a hold of when it comes to the application of the book, is that God has placed a calling upon our lives. One of the most important things when it comes to being human or being under God is that God has placed a call on me and you to fulfill the race that he set before us. One of the key verses that we find in the Bible in this regard is found in Hebrew chapter 12 verse 1 that God has placed a path for us to run. And what we don't want to see is we don't want to get entangled and caught up with, uh, with, with the path that God has set before us where we are able to run with freedom the race that is before us. And I think it's so important for us to remember that and not lose sight that life is not just coasting or not just sitting here when it comes to our faith or not just taking, taking care of business or waiting for retirement or just enjoying life even though that's part of life. We need to realize 
that we all have a set of a calling. We all have a set calling. And I need, and I need to step into that. I need, and I need to remember that. And um, so what happened to Nehemiah is that he had a calling upon his life. And as he started to walk in that calling, and as he was building the wall of Jerusalem with his people, there came a position. The reality, the reality of life is that there's always going to be a position. There's always going to be challenges, right? Uh, the moment you get up in the morning, you're facing gravity. <laughs> and it seems like some morning gravity is stronger than other mornings. Would you, would you agree? I realize the older I become, the more gravity seems to win over my body. I wonder why. But it's, uh, it, it, life is a, is a race, right? And when, so when we run that race, there's some resistance. There's wind. There's uh, climbs. There's stuff that comes in the way. So for us, we need to realize, and it's not a, a secret to you guys, that life is not always easy, and there's a lot of challenges, right? You want to have a healthy marriage? Challenges, right? You want to have a healthy family? There's going to be some challenges. You want to grow your business? There's going to be some challenges. You want to fulfill your race and to, uh, uh, and to live a life that honors God? There's going to be challenges. So challenges are part of the journey. And I need to realize that. And when it comes to this journey, we're going to face a position. And that's what happened with Nehemiah. He faced tremendous opposition. And that's what we see in chapter 4. Um, D.L. Moody said, the devil never kicks a dead horse. So when it comes to life, when you engage yourself in God's will, you will experience a position. Um, there's a spiritual war going on, and it says in Ephesians chapter 6 that we don't fight against flesh and blood. People are not the target. It's, uh, the Bible talks about uh, dominions, the spiritual warfare. Not that everything that happens to us is spiritual. Let's say if you get a flat tire, it's probably because it's time to change your tire. Or maybe you brought not a good kind, and you cheaped out, and this is what you got. And not everything is spiritual, and there's some people that tend to spiritualize everything. But at the same time, we got to be aware that the moment you engage yourself in doing God's work, there will be opposition, and I be I got to be conscious of it. And so, if I'm not conscious of it, and if I do live, and then I hit a knot. Uh, in, in the court, or I, I hit a, a bump on the road, and then I, 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 if, I, if I'm discouraged by that, then I should realize and, and come back to the knowledge that there will be some opposition and challenges. So if you have your Bible, take a look at chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. This is where we, uh, we hear um, Sambala, and we'll see him more involved in other chapters uh, in the book of Nehemiah. But it says in verse 1, when Cymbala heard that they were rebuilding the wall, when the Jews were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews. And in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, what are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifice? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubbles burned as they are. So he's challenging the Israelites and he's with his clan and they're mocking Israelites. And when, when it comes to the name Sambala, it means enemy in the secret. Hmm, interesting, eh? Enemy in the secret. It's the enemy that stays at bay and just pokes and creates doubts 
and brings fear. And when it comes to our life as believers, one of the biggest or the place of battle or the, the challenges that we face or we, where we need to be aware is that the battle is in my mind. The battlefield is in my mind, and there's a battle going on. And one of the things that the enemy wanted, what Sambala wanted, is to see them walk in fear and to see, him, to see the Israelites not entering in their calling and fulfilling their mandate. Did you know that there's a, there's a battle going on over your head, wanting to prevent you of running your face and fulfilling your calling? You've got to be aware of that. I've got to be conscious that there's a battle going on. Uh, you might be a young adult and you're at a crossroad. Um, God has placed a calling on your life. And whatever you decide, you've got to realize that you're called to live a life of honor. You might be in your 40s and, and you're trying to navigate through life. And sometimes you get caught with the busyness of life, raising your kids and so on. You don't want to lose the focus of the calling that God has placed upon your life. You might be retired or semi-retired and say, huh. You know, that was a good run. No, you still are on that race. You still have a calling upon your life. But there's going to be a position. And when we look at verse 1 and 2, we see a position. Uh, and it focuses on our identity. It focuses on making us um, being afraid and causing us to stop doing what we're called to do. The first thing that Simbala mocked them was that they were feeble Jews. Just feeble Jews. The Jews knew they were feeble. They just came from captivity. They just, and not everybody was back from captivity. And now you have these Jews that are trying to build this wall, and they are feeble, and the enemy comes and say, oh, these feeble Jews, right? And so what was the goal of the enemy? It's to have them look themselves in the mirror and, and expose to them that they were weak. The problem is, or the reality is, is that they were weak, and it's okay to be weak because we serve an awesome God. When we look at the process of how this happened, there was a man in Susa called Nehemiah that was serving the king, pouring wine into the cup of the king. And he received a call by God to go to the promised land. And not only that, he received all the resources to be able to build uh, that, the wall. So you see God's intervention, you see God's faithfulness, you see God at work. And now the enemy is there to tell the Jews that they're feeble. Yeah, we are feeble. But our God is great and awesome. And that's what the enemy wants to remind you all the time. That you're feeble. That you're not strong enough. That you're not able. That you should walk away or, or you should compromise. Or, 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 or you should walk in the flesh and, and do your own life and do your own stuff. So, but that's not what God wants. God wants you to realize that he placed a call upon you. And he wants to work in your life. And you might feel feeble when it comes to the challenges that you face. But if you're feeble, then you're, feeble, then you're a candidate for God to intervene in your life. Right? This is where when we acknowledge your limitation... And when we acknowledge that we're feeble and you, we turn to God, well, this is where God intervenes in our lives. So this was a lie, right? I, I think about David versus Goliath. In the natural, there's no chance, right? You, you look at Gideon. Same thing against his enemy. There's no chance. And God brought his people in many places where they were feeble, where they were aware they were feeble so God could glorify himself in their situation. Listen. You might feel feeble, 
and you might be feeble, but it's okay because you serve a big God, a capable God. You might look ahead and you, you think that the obstacles that you face that are too high, too difficult, and you, you might think that you've went too far and there's no hope and, and guilt sets in your heart and then you feel that you are, uh, that God has walked or, or turned his back on you and it's so not true. And I know there's some people here that are right here and listening online that you feel that God has given up on you because of sin and you feel so guilty and it's such a lie. God wants you to experience him. Yeah, return and repent, but it's sin and realize that you can have a new start with God. So the first accusation was those feeble Jews focusing on their identity. You know, 2,000 years ago, there was feeble disciples and they betrayed the Lord, hid after he was dead, after he died, and Jesus revealed himself to them in, in the upper room and said, hey, may the peace be with you. And then he told them to go and wait to, in the upper room in Acts chapter 2. And they were all filled with power. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they were able to do things that no man could think they could do. They didn't think they could do it. They were feeble, but they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's the same thing me and you, well, for me and you. You might be feeble, but what about the Holy Spirit? What are we... What are, we, what are we doing with the Holy Spirit? Do we realize that he's able to empower me to do his will? Empower me in my marriage? Empower me in my, my, my path of life, in my ministry, and so on? I got to realize that it's not up to me. It's God in me and God through me. So I want to be open to that, right? So don't let the devil accuse you and say that you're feeble. Don't believe in the lie that you're just feeble. But believe that God is able to work through you. Amen? Secondly, we see is Symbala mocked their calling. Will they restore the wall? So what he, he was saying to them is that, come on, Claude, you can put your name there. That's too big for you. It's way too big. You're out of your league. Have you ever thought this, right? God is calling you to do something, and you say, it's out of my league. It's too big. And, and the enemy focused so much on getting you to see the big picture that you get overwhelmed and you want to shrink back, right? And so that's what he says here. He says, will they restore the wall? Hmm. They don't have what it takes, right? And, and, and so sometimes the enemy wants us to believe that we don't have what it takes. Well, nobody does. That's why we have this word grace. Can you say to your neighbor, grace? <laughs> when Pastor... Brad would preach, was preaching last week, and he was talking about all the families that were working around the wall. And then he came to the, this guy that was a perfume maker. I thought that was funny, right? Perfume maker working on the wall. Like, I don't know if he had any calluses on his hand by making perfume. Probably not. <laughs> and then he worked on, on the walls. And maybe it was a little harder for him. Maybe he didn't have the muscle of a, of a builder, you know. But he did what he was called to do, what he had. And God worked through his life. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what you went through. What you got to do is to believe that God has a call upon your life. And sometimes it's, it's been hard until now. It's been challenging until now. But, that, but God wants you to... Well, he wants to turn the light on in your heart to realize, hey, I want to use you. You're not a mistake. You're not forsaken by me. I have a plan I want to work 
through in your life. So Simbalam mocked their calling. And Simbalam also mocked their pretend trust in God. Well, are you going to go and offer sacrifices? Like, like, guys, you blew it one time with Israel, the first ten tribes. You blew it. And look what happened. Look at what happened a hundred years ago. Look how you, you, you blew it. And why would God intervene in your life now? But why? And that's kind of a lie, right? We look at our past and we say, well, we, we did mistakes in the past and, and we did that. In the past, why would God use me? And you're not spiritual enough. Or why would God intervene in your life? Have you ever had this thought, you're not spiritual enough? Right? How many of you have you've experienced this? You have a calling of God upon your life. You know what you're called to do, but the excuse that you, or the lie that you, that, that you believe is that, that you're not spiritual enough. We'll never be spiritual enough. For sure, we're called to grow closer to Him. For sure, we're called to walk according to His ways. Absolutely. But the reality is, there's going to be a lie that will be whispered to your ears that you're not good enough. That not you, maybe someone else, maybe me, maybe your neighbor, but not me, right? And you don't want to buy into that. And another lie that the enemy came with is that he mocked their ability. Will they finish in a day? Who do you think you are? Like, it was kind of a joke. Nobody can build a wall in a day. But, but he wanted to create this doubt. Who do you think you are? Have, have you ever been there where you have a sense of, call upon your life, and then you start to think what people think of you, and you say, well, I'm going to hold back because who do you think I am? Have you ever been there? And you're holding back because you're afraid of what people will think, what people will say, and that's what Simbala had in mind here. Like, um, will they finish in a day? Who do you think they are? Well, I'm a son, I'm a daughter of the king, and God has placed a, a call upon my life, so I will do step by step. You know that when it comes to um, the big picture, the big picture is small pictures all together. It's a small, it's a step, another step, and another step that you take, another step, and then it becomes a big picture. So the enemy doesn't want wants you to be caught up with the big picture, the big picture, and not realizing that it's you got to start somewhere. And there's some of you this morning, you got to start. You got to get the ball rolling. You got to realize that you have a calling, that you have to push aside all the lies and all, all the limitations that the enemy has placed on you. Mm. I think that's such a huge purpose. Imagine this morning if all of us, we would respond to the call and we would be missionaries to where God has placed us. If we would... Stand and pray in intercession, and we would share our faith, and we would love others like we've been loved, and we would see it as a call, not as a fluke, not as a feeling, but as a call, what would happen? This community, this region, this world would be rocked. So what I'm sharing, it's, it's huge, because I believe that we, uh, we, 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 we take in the lies of the enemy. Another thing that Simbala communicates is, he communicates wrong, wrong information, and he says, can they bring the stone back to life from those heaps of rubble, burnt as they are? Well, there were some burnt stones, but most of them were fine because the ball was built, believing a lie. 
And, and the enemy comes in your life, in the, battle, in the battle game, and he wants you to believe a lie. This is why you got to go to God's word. What does the word of God say? Culture is saying so many things. Your past is saying so many things. You got to go back to what he says. You got to take time to wait and sit in his presence and say, God, what do you have to say? And, and this is where we, the truth is being twisted or it's half truth, and we miss out on God's calling because we believe a lie. Let's take a look at the effect of a position. We, found, we find that in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 10. Look what it says. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers are giving out, and there's so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. Also, our enemies said, before they know it and see us, uh, and see us we will be right there among them and will kill them and put an end to their work. And verse 12 says, Then the Jews who lived near them called and told them ten times over, whenever you turn, they will attack you. Ten times. That's pretty annoying. At one point, you probably want to tell them to shut up, right? It's like ten times. We, we know, we know, we get it, we get it. But it, it just build up the fear, build up the fear and the discouragement. And the, the most... Uh, powerful tool that the enemy has against us is discouragement. He wants you to be discouraged. If we just pause here for a moment, he wants you to be discouraged on yourself where you fall in guilt. He wants you to be discouraged when it comes to your marriage. Ah, in your calling, your workplace, wherever you are, raising your kids, he wants you to land at this place called discouragement. He wants to tie you there. Because if you live in discouragement, you're not effective. You're not fulfilling your mission. You know, the most important thing, like I said when I started, is your mission and your calling. And so, so there's a battle going on, and that battle is to prevent you of fulfilling your calling and running your face. The first thing that we see in the text I've read is that they were fatigued. They were tired. And so, so when it comes to life, when it comes to the calling, we'll experience fatigue, right? But when you're fatigued and tired, this is not where we make our brightest decisions. Would you agree? Like, to take major decisions at midnight, if you got up at 5 in the morning earlier, it's not good. Wait in the morning, right? We'll experience fatigue. And the enemy will use that. The enemy will use fatigue, so it's important for us to experience rest, take a step aside, not to walk away from the vision, but just to refocus and be refreshed. The other thing that happened is that they experienced frustration. There was too much rubble. And actually, it was their perspective. Uh, actually, the pile was getting smaller, but they were looking at what was there, and they didn't look at the big picture. And sometimes we have to stop and look at my perspective. How am I seeing stuff? This is why you have to have people in your life, godly people that are able to, to help you when it comes to your perspective. Because sometimes we get caught and the only thing we see is the stones that are left and we forget half of the wall was being built. Half of it in a record time, right? They felt failure. We cannot rebuild the wall. They felt overwhelmed. And then finally, fear. They were afraid that the enemy attacked us, and there's some people that reminded them 10 times that the enemy was coming. 10 times. Sambala means from the distance. They're coming, they're coming. So then you're walking in fear, it paralyzes you, right? So you look at this journey of, of Nehemiah. It was not an easy one, but it was a fruitful one. And this is where it comes to the punch I want to I share this morning. What is the right 
response to a position. The first one, not a new concept, is to rely on God, right? When it comes to the calling and the challenges that we face, we need to rely on God. We got to come to God. We, we got to um, go to the altar, take a hold of the horns of the tabernacle and not let go and say, God, I want you to intervene. I want you to work. It worked then. It still works today. I, I think that we need to come back to the altar. And I think his presence, I believe his presence is the key for us. That when we experience God, it makes a whole difference. And we see Nehemiah do that multiples, multiple times in his book. Where he goes before God and he seeks. Where he didn't go after people, he went to God. Look what it says in verse 4, verse 4. Chapter 4, verse 4, sorry. Hear us. Oh, our God. I like this. It's not just, oh, God, but our God. For we are despised. Turn their insult back on their own head. Give them over as plunder in the land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from, the, from your sight. For they have thrown insult on the face of the builders. He goes to God. He doesn't go to man. And he turns to God and he pours his heart to God. And, and when we do this, we don't stay the same. You know, when we're angry, it happens to us, right? When we get cheat, when cheated on, or let's say we, get, uh, we experience injustice. It's amazing when you go to God, how God stirs up your heart. Where your approach is different after you've been with them, right? Because the first thing we want to do is retaliate, right? As you, you get hit here, and the, last, the next thing you want to do is to give a, give a punch back. And, and, and I believe that when you go in God's presence, it changes everything. So when it comes to position, when it comes to your calling, how can you fulfill your calling? Is you got to go to God. You got to experience his presence. And, and we see Nehemiah pray and fast, fast and pray. Look at chapter 1. It's all about praying and fasting. To go to a next level where we pursue God and we really want God to intervene to the point that you fast and you seek his face to the point where you're putting food aside and you desire him. The first thing you want to do when it comes to responding to position is you pray, you go to God. Secondly, you respect your position. One of the principles that you find in this chapter and also in the book of Nehemiah when it comes to the ministry, when it comes to the calling, when it comes to building, you need a shovel. You need a shovel. Can you say that to your neighbor? You need a shovel. The shovel talks about work. It talks about investment, energy. So you take your shovel out and you work, right? And so they were called to build a wall, and so they had a sh the shovel at hand. But listen... Not only a shovel at hand, they also had a sword. Realize that when it comes to fulfilling your calling, it's going to require work. It doesn't happen by itself. There's going to be sweat, decision making, um, sacrifices, and that's part of it. But there's also the sword, knowing that there's also a spiritual battle going on. And, and you find this in Nehemiah. When he, when he says, chapter 4, verse 9, but we prayed our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. I, I need to know what are my weak points in my life. I need to know that when it comes to my life, where are the, the breaches? Where are the cracks? 
Because the last thing I want to do is to go through life and fall in the same pattern over and over again. And the enemy has fun because the moment I'm doing well, I fall in the same trap. I react in the same way. In my marriage, at work, in the church, and so on. If you take a step back and you see the pattern, you see repetition, repetition, repetition. And then you have to say, okay, there's a crack in my wall. So what needs to change? This is why listening prayer is so huge. Where you say, God, show me. You go to God's word and you say, God, speak to me. You connect with godly believers. May you talk to me about my blind spots. I want to know the truth. Do you know we say, I'm going to take a little rabbit trail here. We say we got to do things with truth and love. But the reality is truth is love. And sometimes we don't tell the truth. But truth is love. If you love, you'll tell the truth. You need people in your life that will tell you the truth. You don't want only people that will scratch your back. Even that feels good once in a while, right? But we want to hear the truth. We want to walk in the truth. So I need to respect your position. Um, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 says, put on Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the enemy. So it talks about here faith, taking faith, righteousness, truth, prayer, grace, and so on. So you want to build yourself up because when the storm comes, if you're not built up, then you're going to be taken away. And, and so there's no last-minute preparation when it comes to this journey in life because the enemy doesn't play fair. The moment you engage, like I said, half of the wall was built. This is where the enemy came strong. So the moment you're doing something good for God, the enemy come, will come strong. So it's important for you to respect the enemy and realize that you got to work on your wall. What needs to change in your life? Like it says in James chapter 4, verse 7. So humble yourself before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Resist the devil. Hmm. Look what it says in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse, 7, verse 13. Therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall as, at the exposed place, posting them by families with their sword, spear, and bows. So he realized what was his weak, where the weakness was, and he addressed it. Listen, for you sitting on the balcony, for those watching online, all of you, you got to know your weaknesses, you got to know what needs to change in your life. This is why repentance is so awesome. You come, you repent, you ask God to fill you, you feed yourself from, from, your, from the word of God, and then you walk with godly people. It makes a huge difference, makes a difference. So how do I respond to position? I rely on God, I respect the position, and I stay focused on the mission and the calling. Don't get distracted. Can you say that to your neighbor? Don't get distracted. We'll talk later on about Simbala wanting Nehemiah to leave. Come in the valley. Stop doing what you're, what you're doing. And he says, no, I'm going to stay at the wall. So that's what the enemy wanted to, uh, uh, to do or to say or to lead Nehemiah was to lead him in distraction. Look what he says in verse, chapter 4, verse 14. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and to the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. What was the key? Remember the Lord. Huh? You turn to God. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. 
and fight for your brothers, your sons and your daughters, your wife and your home. So remember the Lord and fight for your brothers for your own. And how do you fight? Is by building the wall. Stay focused. Do what you're called to do. If you want to put the, uh, the diagram in the back, there's three options that Nehemiah had. To separate means to run away, give up, flee, hide. He didn't do it. Second thing, the second ch um, choice he had was to conform and to talk with some ballads. So let's make a deal. We'll go just halfway. We won't build a full wall. We'll build half a wall. Or, you know, we'll just build just half of the wall. We won't go all around. He didn't compromise. The third one, to antagonize, he never gave any attention to Sambala, except to pray and to feed his man. And he stood in chapter 4 before his congregation. He says, guys, we're on a mission. We're rebuilding here. Please don't run away. Please don't compromise with the enemy. And please don't fight a fight of the flesh, but be a catalyst. And, and Nehemiah was a catalyst. He stood before the people and he says, guys, remember the calling. There's a position, there's some challenges. Yeah, you're tired, yeah, it takes effort, but there's a calling upon our lives it's to rebuild our walls because our kids, our grandkids will need that wall. There's a purpose, there's a calling. Did you know that your marriage is so important for your kids and your grandkids? Do you know that your involvement in the church is so important for your kids and your grandkids? That you, it's how you deal with business is so important for your kids and your grandkids? When it comes to doing life, when it comes to your personal life and sin and so on, secret sins, it influences your kids and your grandkids. We're building a wall here. We're on a mission. You see? And, and God is calling you and me to make a difference. My last point here, refuse to quit. Refuse to quit. Nehemiah chapter, first, verse, verse 24, chapter 4, verse 21. So we continued the work with half of the men holding the spears from the first light of dawn till the stars came out. We built the wall. We built the wall. God was there. God was with them. And they responded to the calling so my challenge for you, where you, wherever you are in this journey of life, there's a calling upon your life. You've experienced injustice, pain, suffering, and sometimes you got mad at God and say, why God? But may you turn that for his glory. May you use that for helping others. May you say, God, use me for your glory. So important for us to realize the calling that is upon our life. Amen. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.